my name is Jonathan Christian, and my players were the worst, and that's how we can <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the host joining me this evening are Catherine Lucas, Troy Sandlin, John Christian, and Thomas Rotal. How is hello, everyone hello, doing? Hello, hello, hello. Doing good. Doing well. Good. Recovering. So, Finally yes. recovering. So, uh, if anyone hadn't guessed by now, we are going to record this episode right after the last one. Uh, this is part two of our Gen Con series. We've got Thomas with us now. We've already got all of the pre-con stuff out of the way. We've talked about our news for the week, and so we are... The slate is wiped clean to devote as much time as possible to uh, uh, Gen Con conversation. Uh, so, that being said, we have uh, several different things we want to cover. Um... We want to cover, like, we've already kind of discussed what we did as prep, but there's some expectations that we had going in, what those expectations turned out like, what the reality ended up being, um, some highlights of the con, some of the things that we did to uh, add a bit of uh, our own uh, mojo to the experience, I guess is the best way of putting that. There's a whole side convention that happens... Uh, in a parallel, like, off-track from the regular convention, every Bald Man Con, and we couldn't let Gen Con online be any different. Um, <laughs> so there's there's exactly. quite a bit to chat about here today. Um, so I think the best thing that we could do is let's just go down the line here. Everyone here ran something that was slightly different from somebody else. So let's just go through and uh, tell us what you ran, how many tables you ran, like like, a I I I ran eight tables and I ran these mods or this sort of thing. And let's just kind of cover that, um, and that way people kind of know where to base it off of. And let's start with Tom. You're you're new here. What did you what did you end up with this weekend? I ended up running two tables. Uh, sorry, not two tables. Seven tables. One of which um, I had to cancel due to some um, internet outages in my in my neighborhood here. Um, so I ended up doing six total. Each one had six players and they sold out pretty quick. I ran the Eberron experience trilogy. So Eberron uh, EB08 through 010. And then our special. Very cool. Um, the best thing for me was my, I did an experience track, which if our listeners don't know is I have the same table of players for 16 hours of gameplay. So we get to play through the whole line of games. And I got six players that have now all played second edition altogether. Wow. So I got a like a friends group of six, which was a lot, a lot of fun. Awesome. Really cool. So uh, I'll jump in here. I was the other one in this group that spent the weekend running Eberron. Uh, so I ran two experience tracks of Eberron for a total of eight sessions. Uh, one of them had four players in it. Uh, one of them was uh, a really good friend of mine, Lou, from uh, the convention scene. And then uh, the second track was six players. 
and I had one of our DM friends uh, on that one, so we had a great time there as well. Uh, we got to run Grave Metallus a couple times, which we talked about on the last episode, and that was how we closed out the con, so that was my experience. Yeah, my players really enjoyed the Grave Metallus. Uh, I got to play it once with my players, and they really loved it. Cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Catherine, what did you run? Um, I ran the from the Moonshade series. I ran um, Moon 16, 1 through 3. So I ran that whole trilogy. I um, The intention was uh, I was going to run a table and then I was going to go to work. Uh, so I only took... Um, I only signed up for four tables, mm-hmm. uh, but then, <laughs> well, side note, I ended up uh, having to get a COVID test, and so I was quarantined anyway, but then I turned out negative, so it's all good, but, um, so I ended up just, just running the four tables, um, mm. and then at the very last second, something happened, and I ended up running another one, Cool. Um, but yeah, all moon 16. Okay, cool, cool. I was going to ask if you ended up running something other than what you had prepped, but it sounds like it was just uh, more of the same, which is which is how we that's well, how we want it, right? Like you don't oh, want to yeah. get something cold, so. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. Uh, Catherine did did one of those things. Uh, she she uh, she stepped up. Um, <laughs> something happened to it with with a DM. Uh, a DM was uh, not available for the table. They needed somebody to uh, to run a mod, and uh, I was watching the Discord at the time, and Catherine jumped in, and she's like, well, I've got it ready, and took took uh, six people and, and uh, gave them a, a good time. Awesome. Uh, that didn't sound right. She, uh, she ran an <laughs> awesome game. Wow. I'm still tired. I'm still recovering from pain meds. Sorry, everybody. Don't worry. Zach will fix that in post. I, I think we know what our cold no. open is, Zach. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 Troy Stuttering is always the best. very yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I dungeon mastered. I dungeon mastered very well. Yeah. So I have, I have dungeon mastered very well. Catherine ran Moon 16. Uh, John, what did you run? Yeah, so I I uh, I ran the uh, the D and D XP track for the Moonshays. So I had I had four uh, the the trilogy, and then I had the special at the very end on Sunday. I had two tracks, and a track A and a track B for uh, so two different groups of six players. One of my players unfortunately had some technical issues the first day. We were probably about an hour in. And uh, their line got cut with Comcast, so they were without internet throughout the rest of the weekend. Uh, it was a big bummer. Oh, yeah. they, they, that was that player was sorely missed. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I did that. It was the first time that I'd run the the XP track, uh, so it was uh, it was to- totally new for me. So I've, uh, I learned a lot from it for sure. Yeah. Now you ran Moon Fifteen, that trilogy, right? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Moon Moon Fifteen, one, two, three, and then S was the the special for that. And Thomas and I just to, because people might find it interesting, the epic, uh, the Eberron stuff that we ran was Eberron 8, 9, and 10, and then uh, the epic salvage mission that we wrote. So, mm-hmm. um, and then Troy, round us out here. You had the chaotic schedule for the uh, weekend. What did you run? Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't actually uh, chaotic at all. I had, uh, I just, I, I did not have a, 
steady stream of players like uh, Zach, uh, John, and, and Thomas. Um, but I helped uh, DM a, a moon special. Uh, a special is the non Watsy storyline version of an epic. Mm-hmm. So a- anything that says epic on it is usually a multi-table event um, uh, at the at the bigger cons and now you know game days and stuff at your local stores that uh, kind of are a set piece in the storyline. Only only uh, the official storylines like season season seven eight nine uh, can have an epic. Now. Uh, groups like Baldwin Games that are allowed to write in a specific section of the Forgotten Realms, uh, we write in the Moonshale, they are allowed to have epic adjacent uh, things called specials. Um, and Eberron is the same as the as the seasons. They get to have official epics. Um, but the, uh, the Grave Metallus was their version of a special, I guess you could say. Uh, so I got to run uh, the Shadow Downs um, Moon ES3, uh, which was very cool. Um, and uh, to be t- completely transparent, I only got to run it twice mm-hmm. because of a uh, a broken tooth issue. It was kind of uh, bogging me down a little bit. Um, so that was a that was a bit rough because I always had to run those in the morning, and, and getting up with a broken tooth was just. Uh, rough yeah. but i also got to run the same module that we ran at uh dnd live and that's uh am i am i allowed to say the name yet i think so at this point okay uh ice ice road trackers is what it's called it is for the uh season 10 uh rhyme of the frost maiden season coming up soon and that was interesting in that uh it was split each each slot uh, in a slot, for those of you that don't know, the terminology oh, yeah. is the session during which we are running the game. So if you have a 2 o'clock slot and it runs for 6 hours, you're running a game from 2 o'clock to 8 o'clock kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So every every slot of those was split in half. So I had 3 hours to run 2 miniature adventures. Uh, the, the, the first part would be 1 and 2, and the last part would be 3 and 4. And generally speaking, it was always with completely different tables each mm-hmm. time. So I ran six of those tables, ran two tables for the moon ES special and missed out on two of the moon specials. And uh, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Krishna and Ted for uh, letting me go and, and whimper in a corner uh, <laughs> while I babied my tooth. And that was, that was very kind of them. Oh. They're great fellows. They uh, are awesome. So now we kind of know uh, things, guys. We know what each of us was running, and we have this huge roster. So between us, if you, for those who weren't keeping track at home, uh, you have 12 different mods, 13, 14, 14 different modules ran between the four uh, DMs mm. here, which is a ton. 15. 15. I'm getting told Five. 15. Five DMs. Five DMs. DMs. Sorry, I'm not counting myself because I can't see myself. All good. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Listen, it's one of those uh, weeks at this point. uh, Or years at this point, maybe. Um, There you go. Fair. uh, That is quite a bit. 
Uh, basically, I'm not sure that there is anything ran at the bald man circuit that we did not run here. So you're mm-hmm. getting the whole gambit of stuff. There may have been a few things off to the side, but I think for the most part we got it covered. So Troy's going to come cr- go correct me real quick. I can see it in his eyes. He's going to go double check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think we got most of it. So what you're getting here is a well-rounded, bare minimum, a well-rounded uh, – uh, input on how the convention went from all different angles um, everyone here ran it on uh, roll 20 uh, mm-hmm. with the addition mm-hmm. of discord uh, so you're getting the same consistent experience across all of those all of us ran at gen con for bald man games so certain things are going to be tried and true certain things you're coming at it from different uh, expectations so Let's just talk a little bit about, uh, in general, the con itself, uh, what we went in thinking about the first ever Gen Con Online, and then how those expectations were shattered or how uh, they were held together by uh, popsicle sticks and super glue. <laughs> That's fair. Super glue might uh, be giving you too much credit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would note that. Uh, John mentioned it, but me, John, and Thomas went in with our first ever XP tracks mm-hmm. uh, this session. Um, I've done I've done quite a bit of XP now. This is my third XP. Oh, good time. grief! Listen, I didn't know I had an expert in the house, so no never mind. now I've got to watch what I say. Look at this! Not uh, a single trade <laughs> secret was okay. traded. Okay. I'd like to add. I love so so let's uh... the XP tracks. So, so uh, I I am a XP veteran as well. Uh, so I think I what I want to know. I'm, I'm stealing the mic from from Zach. That's right fine. Now. Do it. Uh, I want to know from Zach and John. What did you think as your first XP experience? What did you think? What did you like about it? That uh, over running groups of random tables, and what did you? not like about having the same group of players for four slots Mm -hmm. yeah for me it was um the players knowing one another we we talked about this a little bit last week right when it came to prep and being able to have a little bit more special time with them ahead of time to make sure that their their characters were tight that they were in roll 20 and that all the technical bugs, it gave me an opportunity to work all the bugs out with them beforehand, but that's really more of a, a virtual component as opposed to the D and D XP. Uh, it was different having the same group of people every single time. Um, I had two tracks of six, right? But, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was interesting to, oh, the biggest worry that I had actually was that I'd have a player that, that didn't, like I, that I didn't fit them more than anything else. Right. It's like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't give them the experience that they were looking for. I, I think I did based on feedback so far. I think they've, uh, they seem to, to have enjoyed it, but that was the biggest worry is that, and the same thing for them. They said, you know, the, the last thing that they wanted was, was somebody that would be a problem at the table or anything like that. And I lucked out. I got, I got good players, really good players. Some of them, uh, they had incredibly, uh, well, all of them actually really were incredibly creative, and it was cool watching them like bond at the first game, get more bonded at the second, and then the third. And by the time they got to the fourth, they were a team. They knew what the others were capable of. They were willing to risk it for a biscuit, help help one another out, make sure the other one, if somebody dropped, 
they were more um, more apt to, to run in that direction and help them out as opposed to making sure they got that kill in because there was more of a bond that had been created. Um, it's just, uh, it's not better. It's just different, honestly. You know, that's, that's, I think that's what I've, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. It's something I wanted to experience and I have, and I'll probably do it again. But I also, you know, I like the random tables of people that I've never played with before or, and that have never played with one another before. One of the things I enjoy about D&D is how it brings people together. So it's very, very interesting and satisfying to me to see a, a table full of strangers over the course of an hour and a half, three hours, four hours, six hours, whatever, turn into buddies uh, by the end of that time frame because they had that shared experience. So yeah. it was just sociologically, it was really interesting to watch that dynamic, how different it was. And that's probably the most that I gained from it, honestly. What about you, Zach? Yeah, um, I had been loath up until this con to sign up, volunteer, to do an XP track. I'm not excited. I was not excited about XP tracks uh, for a lot of the same reasons that uh, you were talking about there, John. Um, the idea of getting the one bad apple, or me myself being a bad apple for a player's experience, just isn't mm-hmm. something that's exciting for me, especially when they're paying a ton of money uh, for that experience. Um and I like the shotgun if approach of getting a random table of people every time. Like, that doesn't bother me. I like uh, interacting with people. I like meeting a ton of people at the con. Like, I like the idea that I'm running for 40 different people at a convention, at a, any given convention, or 80 different people. Uh, that's, that's cool to me. Uh, so, that side of it, I think... I knew what I was getting into wasn't going to live up to what I had enjoyed before. Uh, the flip side of it was that I think the story is much easier to tell when you're telling all parts of it in a trilogy. Um, giving the players that cohesive experience, you can kind of make the arcs a little bit better. Um, the NPCs can carry through a little bit more cleanly. Um, you can build things, you can shift things around and you have more space to play. Um, that side of it, I think was a blast to be able to say, oh, this thing that you experience here in the first mod, I can bring it back in part 10, uh, was a really cool, uh, thing. I don't know to, uh, to I guess, finishing through your question, Troy, I don't know that, uh, I would jump in again for an XP track unless I had a group of people that mentioned before the con that they wanted to play at my table. And if I could know, hey, this group of people and I are going to jive really well ahead of time, and then we could dive in 100%. I'm all about that. I would love to do that for people. But I think if, if, if if I can't have that, I'd rather just run randos. Yeah, I can see that. And by the way, I want to make sure that I I want to make sure that I I put something out there for the, those that are listening that are not familiar with the DDXP what it actually is is fit when you're physically at a convention, uh you can get pretty t- uh, tightly packed with the other tables, especially at, at Gen Con there's uh you know, real estate is uh is is pretty pretty small there. So the XP track offers up an area that has 
tables that are spread out more. It's it's more quiet. They've got some. Uh, they usually I think they have like treats or snack mm-hmm. type that's stuff that's there, drinks and stuff like that. And uh, oh. and then they also have. But the big the big draw I think of the XP trap. They also have goodies. They'll do like they'll have some swag that's there for them too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the big thing is that whenever you go in, you know that at the table uh, you'll have a maximum table of six, not seven. Um, and of the, uh, you will have the same dungeon master for all four of the games that are sessions, the slots that you uh, that you run at. So, the players that uh, that got tickets to Zach's table and to my table, I had the same six players for all four of the tracks. And instead of just having a, a trilogy, they had a guaranteed spot at the special slash epic, depending on whether you're doing the Moonshade tra- track or the XP. Uh, Eberron, or if, if they have like a a D and D a Watsy stuff thing, right? So, uh, and on top of that, the Moonshay stuff, the fifteen, one, two, three, and S, those four that I ran are exclusive to Gen Con D and D XP. No one else ran those at Gen Con. Yep. Uh, they will be run at Winter Fantasy twenty twenty one, but uh, that is the only that, that is the next time. So it'll be six months ish before anybody else plays those. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Jonathan, to speak to your point, uh, mm-hmm. when you said it was cool that you got to bond with your your players mm-hmm. beforehand, um, in previous conventions, uh, in previous Gen Cons, I always try to run on the this. This is kind of uh, information for the players out there to keep their eye out for for uh, meat space cons coming up. If if we ever have meat space cons again. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to run uh, on the uh, the Gen Con forums a DM and player meetup so that people can get together and say, hey, this is the kind of DM I want. Uh, who's out there? And I have a list mm-hmm. of the DMs, and we put the tables together. So it's, it's But it, to speak to your point, it's very, very similar. And I always enjoyed being able to uh, have the tables put together before the con started. Yeah, that's awesome. Messaging, messaging back. To say, okay, tell me what you're playing. I'm going to try and find a miniature that matches you. Oh, you've got one. Oh, great, cool. Mm. And you can, yes, you can tailor that experience, that four uh, session experience to those people. And generally, I, I think it is it is worth the money. I right. mean, it's it's a cool it's a cool experience, which is why it's called DD experience. Yeah, the other. The other thing that I would, I guess I would throw on as kind of a counter to what I said earlier, but I did like the fact that I was not having to get a whole new table worth of people into my Discord and roll 20 game every oh, session. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that might outweigh my previous opinion if we're doing an online con where mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> want to pull a whole new table in slot after slot and have to troubleshoot sound issues and video issues and uh, the Roll20 link isn't working and oh, I need to import my character and uh, oh, I've never used Roll20 before. Can you walk me through how to do that? And, mm. you know, there's a lot of those sorts of things that... Uh, yeah, actually... Speaking to that, I actually had time with my character, my character, with my, one of my players ahead of time. They'd never touched Roll20 before. They'd actually signed up for, they thought they were signing up for a Fantasy Grounds, purchased the ticket, and it was, you know, a couple of days before the con. They're like, oh, now, now what do I want to do? Do I try to go through the hoops and the red tape of trying to find another table? So they reached out to me and they said, I've never played Roll20 before. I'm like, oh, well, you're in luck. Uh, I've got like 30 minutes right now. I can give you a crash course. And if you need some more time, 
closer to time. I don't mind spending some more time with you. As a result, you know, A, I made a new friend by doing it. And B, um, you know, I kind of I pulled in clutch for that player to make sure that they had a really good experience and I didn't, they didn't lose them at the table. Not that they were going to be gone. Uh, they were going to go somewhere else, but, you know, it just made the difference for them. Having that kind of like, I hate to use the word or the term, but white glove approach to it. You know, they, they're, they're kind of, they're paying the extra to make sure that, you know, they lock in something different, you know? Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what about uh, Tom and Catherine and Troy here? We talked a lot about uh, us new to the XP track, but what, mm. what were you, you guys, all of us are new to Gen Con Online, and a lot of us, I mean, all of us are semi-new to online conventions in general. So what, what about the rest of you as far as how, were, how did you feel about running it, and uh, what are your takeaways? I'll, I'll go ahead and start first, because I had the XP also, so I can tie in, I can be that bridge. Yes. Um. <clears throat> XP, I prefer XP to random tables. And I might be the only one here, but I find that I connect better with players long-term. So I find that my scores, my scores are relatively good anyway. I feel like I do a pretty good job, whether I'm doing chaotic random tables or I do, I'm not, I'm not a perfect DM by any means. I'm not the best DM there by any means, but I, I tend to do very well. Um, but when I'm at XP track, I do significantly better. Mm -hmm. So we talk about scores and my scores normally range between the 19.25 and 19.5 range ish. And my XP scores for the three times I've had XP tables range in that top 25. It's like nine point or 19.75 to almost two point or 20.0. So I do better connecting with people that I'm there long term. I have never found somebody at my tables now, so I've done four XP tables so far in my Baldman career. I've never found anyone where I haven't connected, like I that I've just lost somebody all weekend. Um, I did have I, my very first XP table was Gen Con of or of, was Origins of last year. Um, so Origins twenty nineteen. The, gen, the table that I have happens to be players, another group of six players that live near me here in Ohio. And we are friends and we play a second Ooh. edition campaign once a month. Hmm. So these are people, since I had That's 16 awesome. hours with them over the convention, I have made, they have turned into, which will be lifelong friends. They are the same people that I came to Winter Fantasy with to play games with. And I played in an XP track at Winter Fantasy. So when, um, so the XP track as a DM lets me connect with my players more than just for three hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I prefer, I ask for an XP track every time now because I actually prefer both online I'm, and Zach and Jonathan are right. Online made it super easy. You get all the headaches away because instead of me running four different tables of six people or seven people, I'm running basically one table for 16 hours of six people. Yep. So once once I figured out their downfalls or their shortcomings with technology or whatever it may be, we were ready to go and off to the races. And yep. then Zach said, like, once you can craft the story a little bit, if they do something outside of the module, I can bring them back in. It doesn't have to. I don't have to get them back in that hour. Right. So if they do something at the end of, let's say, EB8, I ran EB8, 9 and 10. If they do something at the end of EB8 that doesn't make sense, 
I can reel them back in in the middle of EB9 rather than saying like, oh, this is how this has to end and I'm going to send you to a different DM. Mm-hmm. Yep. So nice. I really enjoy the XP track. And if I buy tickets to go to a game, I would rather... It's like Winter Fantasy. I ran my... I played in an XP track with Mark Napic and had a blast. So... Uh, so that's that's just my personal preference on it. Is I prefer I had two chaos tables is like a um, is what we've been calling them I guess. Um, I had two chaos tables this this convention, and while they were great, I've never really had a problem with anybody who comes to the Baldwin conventions. Mm-hmm. That being said, the two chaos tables are not nearly as fun because I can't I razz my players a lot. I give my players a hard time. Um, I make fun of them when they roll poorly. They make fun of me when I roll poorly, so on and so on. And you can't get that rapport in a couple hours normally, or not as well. I can really, by the end of the weekend, I really had a connection with my players. So, yeah, I, I think most, most of my players were asking me like, oh, what else are you working on? Blah, 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 blah. I think some of them backed our Kickstarter. I mean, I had a connection connection with some of my nice. players. And I know uh, Zach had the same thing, is that one of his players reached out to him and offered him something super nice. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and say it. I won't drop a name, of course. But that that is something that you get from these things. And, and, and it's not something you expect, but you do build connections. And that's 100% true. I had a player, Troy, speaking of our last episode, I had a player uh, afterwards message me and say, uh, would you like a hardback copy of Exploring Eberron? I'll mail one to you. <laughs> I was like, I just ordered one two days ago. Uh, (laughs) Buy me a coffee sometime, but thanks, (laughs) you know, like, but yeah, like that's, that's again, not expected. That's always a surprise. And really all I take from that is uh, we had a really cool experience that everybody wants to uh, express gratitude for and me to them. I gave away some of our stuff and uh, uh, it was uh, evidently reciprocated. So anyhow really cool yeah that's cool um, much you Catherine. Well, i'll go next um, yeah yeah yee. so um i again i was not running the xp track um uh i talked a lot in my last in the last episode about the difference between prepping with a tablet and prepping with uh like a pc or a laptop um and so so check out the last one if you want to know how to do that but um basically i think probably my expectations were um were about on par with what happened because of how prep went uh, <laughs> <laughs> for me um uh, tech wise i will specify i had players that my video would cut out for them like every half hour about on mm. discord and my video and audio would cut out and we'd have to wait maybe maybe even wait like 30 seconds or so before i could hop back into discord and get back in and then i would have to you know bring everybody back in again to the immersion in the game and stuff like that um so that was really hard but they were so understanding and so supportive and you know nobody got irritated nobody disengaged like i was so I was so grateful for how much the players also wanted to like sink in and get the most out of the experience. Um, I will say that, so, so basically I guess I'll say that um, 
expectations for tech, I was like, I'm running on a tablet. It's not going to be, it's not going to be good. And, uh, for the first part, it wasn't, but, um, I got to give props to the discord, uh, development team, I think is what it's called. And <laughs> the, um, and the roll 20 alike, because throughout the con, those couple of days, uh, the amount that I cut out drastically reduced and the amount of lag time on roll 20 drastically reduced. And that's somewhere with a place that doesn't have the best internet or the best, uh, like hardware. So, um, so props to them. Um, player wise, everyone was super down to, give them give their all which was awesome um i think maybe one of the pluses of an online convention is that people can uh take care of themselves better like it's more it's more of a natural habit already um you know you get some that didn't sleep of course and a lot of the dms didn't really sleep as much but um i think you get people who are more able to focus if they if they choose to really immerse themselves that way um i think the toughest part was having so many players that chose to leave their video cameras off and mute their microphones when they weren't talking it was really yeah. really really hard to run for a bunch of silent icons and every mm -hmm. now and then somebody would would hop on and say something and then go back to mute i couldn't read facial expressions, whether they were enjoying themselves very much. Um, I couldn't read whether somebody had something to say, but they were waiting for more talkative role players to, to give them a minute. Like mm -hmm. it was, it was very, very difficult. Um, and, and so I guess that would be the main th concern of mine is, uh, unless you have like an actual like fear or deep, deep insecurity having to do with having your video on, uh, please, players, turn your video cameras on because it makes everything so much easier for your DM to make a better experience for you, too. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. 100%. Yes, I agree. So, last but John not least. turns his camera off. Yeah, John went ahead and turned his camera <laughs> off. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's about Hi, right. John. John's like, yeah, yeah I totally agree. agree. It's hard to communicate without video. Well, here you go. Click. Uh -huh. <laughs> what about you, Troy? Well, I'm going to uh, tie in XP and non XP for kind of everybody because I have, I don't even remember how many XP tables I've done at this point. Uh, I like both. I like the chaos tables and I like the XP tables. And I, I flip-flop between the two. And I'll tell you why. Uh, I love meeting new players. Whether they're brand new to the hobby or brand new to the con or just brand new to my table. I, I feed off of that. I love to, I love to make those connections and, and maybe somewhere be uh know that i'm a part of their journey going forward as fans of dnd i also love the connections to what tom was saying at an xp table you get you know 16 hours or more depending on if it's online or in person um with those people and you can form strong bonds i still uh talk to several of my players from my xp tables that i've had 
time and time again on Facebook or, or whatever. Um, we converse back and forth. But the reason why I flip-flop between chaos tables and XP tables is I can con- I hope to convert some of those chaos tables, table players, into XP players at some point to, to form those stronger bonds. And I can get that nice mix of, yeah, I've known these people forever. Oh, I just met you. You should try this. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's always my goal. Every con, every event that I run at, if I can come away from that event with one new Facebook friend, mm-hmm. then everything about the con was worth it. And yep. I will say this from, from D&D Live to, to Gen Con, I I more than exceeded my goal. <laughs> and uh, just b- before I before I talk about my expectations and versus reality of online Gen Con, I want to give a, a, a shout out to some people that gamed at my tables at uh, D&D Live, who then picked up the gauntlet that was laid at their feet and uh, jumped in and ran games very first time running for a convention at Gen Con this year yeah. online. And awesome. uh, yes, and I thought that was just absolutely fantastic. And maybe on a future episode, we might get to talk to a few of them. But uh, having said that, um, my expectations for this online Gen Con uh, at first, six hour slots. Who needs six-hour slots? We don't need yeah. slots that long. Mm. Man, was I wrong. Yeah, can, can we can we sit on that one for a minute? <laughs> I, I was like, and it might be different for the for the XP uh, tracks that you know they didn't need those full six hours, but no. for some of the things that I was running, six hours wasn't enough because when you get those people that, well, I've only played D&D a little bit, or this is my first time. Well, you've got that that you have to help them along with and I, and this is not a knock against any players whatsoever i love new players but it's like oh okay so we we have to you know help you get on board with this and if they haven't played D before not much they probably haven't used roll 20 very very often so oh crap now i have to oh now we're digging into game time and, and trying because i don't want them to feel like they're holding anybody else back but I don't want them to feel like they're sitting there floundering and not knowing what to do and, and lose them. Mm-hmm. So that definitely, uh, those six hours, which for me, for some of my slots were three hours and three hours, uh, was not enough time to give them the experience that I wanted to give them uh, because of the newness of either the tech or the rules or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um but I will also say I had some of the some of the most fun I've had DMing at any kind of a convention, in person or online, at this Gen Con. Met mm-hmm. some awesome, awesome people and uh, just had an absolute blast. So yeah, that was my my expectation to the reality of it was yeah. Six hour slots. Dave, good call. Could have used a little bit more. <laughs> I don't know if that yeah, I'll tell you what, or not, but yeah. Well, I, I talked to some of the other the other GMs outside of outside of this circle here, and uh, 
I got a lot of the same similar feedback. So talking about DDXP, at least my experience with DDXP, the first of all, the mods you could tell if they they may have tried, bless their hearts, to to trim it to be more toward geared towards uh, online play. But those mods were long, long. I ran five and a half hours, six hours every single slot plus the second slot. Uh, later in the evening, since it was my last, I wasn't butting up against another another track or anything like that. So that would go over even more. And then I'm trying to solicit some feedback at the end of every at the end of every session. Hey, what'd you guys think? Did you like it? Any any, any notes or anything like that for the next track? Nope, couldn't could I couldn't do that as much as I, I usually like to right uh, to kind of tailor tailor the next little bit because again, if it's DDXP, I just want to make sure that they get that it's the custom vibe of it, right? That's what I was the uh, the logic of it, anyway. I see Zach shaking his head. I see Tom shaking his head. I see, I see, uh, I see Troy laughing at me. I see Catherine trying her best to be supportive. I Listen, was, uh, I'm just imagining. I, I had one table that ran six hours, and I'm just imagining getting done running my six hour table. And I hate all of them. They hate all of. They hate me. Not really. But at six hours, you hate everyone you're talking to at that point. <laughs> I'm just imagining like saying, hey, hey guys, I know I've kept you two hours longer than we anticipated two days ago us being. But here, mm-hmm. let's sit down and tell me tell me what tell me what you like, tell me what you didn't like. Let's have a conversation oh, for yeah, no. a, a good 40 minutes. No, no. It's, it, not to mention, he had them all on his Discord channel. He could have just asked them yeah. later. Listen. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that I did it, jerk. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. I would ask. Did you guys have a good time? Is there anything like? Did, did you something you liked the most? Oh, I like yeah, hearing. You ask them that. I like hearing the stuff that they they liked or they didn't like. I mean, it's just. And of course, that. Well, I will say this. I always preface everything, every solicitation that's like that. Like it's like you guys go ahead and bolt if you need to. If you're tired, if you're sick of seeing my my stupid face and all the you know the weird faces that I make, then go. But if you want to stick around, this is the thing I'm going to do. So. I didn't get to do that as much as I usually do, though. It was like really brief, like five, ten minutes. Sometimes it would go over if they had something they wanted to tell me. Uh, but otherwise, yeah. And so like six hours, easy. Every single one. It was just like boom, boom, boom. So instead of a 32 hour... Go ahead, Zach. No, no? keep finishing. Uh, so, yeah. So, but, so instead of a 32-hour convention schedule... It was straight up forty eight hours. Yeah. Straight up oh, yeah. forty eight in, in four in four days, forty eight hours. Hundred yep. percent. And that I woke up hungover the next day. Like just I hadn't drank a drop. And I, I was, was just D&D so drunk. tired. I was D and D drunk. Yeah. Well, yeah. John, you're exactly right as far as I'm glad somebody like glad we had this discussion about uh uh, the slots being six hours because that's 100% was I think something that all of us said is like why do we have six hours to do this and mm-hmm. then halfway there we're like yep not always did you need six hours but you wanted that six hours every mm-hmm. spot so mm-hmm. um, we're uh, I knew I, listen we all knew this from the beginning but uh, we're gonna oh, be a no. long episode tonight so let's keep let's keep let's transition here uh, because I know this next topic is is the one everybody's going to want to sit on for a while. And we may <laughs> end after this one because we may feel like we've covered everything. But uh, highlights are always something that just envelop the D&D post-con experience, yeah. right? Um, and I know because I've been talking with you guys for the last two days 
uh, four days that you all have highlights and and lowlights um and uh, i would like to hear some of those so maybe maybe we'll put a rule on this just to see if we could squeeze in one more topic at the end here um but maybe let's say try to keep it to like two moments or so per per five of us you're still we're still getting 10 minutes of, of 10 different moments as a podcast if we do that so that's enough for everyone but um Who's got a moment, a highlight or a low light that they want to spill the beans on here? I got, That's I got, right. had a chance to, I had a chance to gross out my players on multiple, oh, yeah, yeah, multiple yeah. occasions. Well, I gave them you a, gross out all the time. Well, I mean, my face is not like I would turn the, I'd shut the camera off for him. Okay. That's, that was, that's my, that was my safety. No, no. So I'd like, Zach knows this because he's, he's played in some of my games before and, uh, but uh, I give I give my players like a, a a warning notice at the beginning of every game. It's like I'm going to run this PG PG 13, but what we're going to do is I'm going to push it to the, in that PG 13 zone, not with like you know innuendo or anything like that, but just like I like describing like battles, somebody getting sliced open, guts get spilling out, and all this other stuff. So I I got one. I got one of my players, and it was. Uh, I won't say what creature it was, but it had a lot to do with um, leeches, snakes, worms, maggots, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so that was a blast. And I got to the point where, like, yeah, they like raised their hand, like, "I'm done, I'm done. You can bring it, bring it back down." Um, but uh, yeah, so that was that was probably the. It's like I got one. I got him. And of course, after the fact, I'm, I asked, like, okay, so are we, are we cool? Are we, we're cool? It's like, oh, no, it was great. I'm just having a thing about snakes. And that was like the, that was the thing that got him. Up until that point, they loved it. And I would keep doing it, uh, throughout the rest of the, throughout the rest of the weekend. But, uh, that was one of those that, that stood out to me was just getting one of my players with, uh, with the descriptions. Like, oh, man, you're so descriptive. Like, you watch way too many, like, did you watch Saw before we, you came in and started uh-huh. running games for everybody, man? Uh, it's playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, hang on a second. Play by play. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Troy, you said you looked like you had something you wanted to say. Go ahead, buddy. I did. Uh, uh, back to what I was saying earlier about making those connections. Um, uh, I want to give a shout out to the George family out in SoCal. Uh, I got to play with uh, uh, mom, dad, and daughter George and in uh, two slots. Uh, for for the uh, the Ice Road Trackers uh, game, so they got to play all four mini adventures with me. Um, they were an absolute blast. Um, the 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 module may have a new name <laughs> after this because of those two. Uh, this is they. Yes, Thomas. The daughter's name is George. No. <laughs> uh, uh, this is a family friend, mostly a family friendly uh, podcast. I will not say the new name, but it's all because of uh, Dad George and my super zombies. But uh, it, they were they were just absolutely cool. Um, you could hear you could hear the daughter punching <laughs> the father during the game because of some of his antics. And things. It was they were just a cool a cool uh, group of people playing at the game at, at my tables. So that was a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks, Georges. Had a good, good time. Yes, thank you, Georges. I had a table um, 
do something that they were not supposed to do, and um, and it was a great experience for it. <laughs> yeah, t- uh, Thomas is uh, Thomas is providing the humor for this episode that you guys don't see. Um, slight spoilers for the Eberron series forthcoming. That being said, you probably won't get the experience that my players got, so uh, probably won't work. Um, <laughs> Uh, in a certain Eberron module, you run across a character who is basically a rising uh, villain that is threatening to become a villainous deity. I think that's the safest way to put this. Um, And you are supposed to just kind of see the villain in passing in one of the mods, but... Uh, as the mod is written, he's not just in passing, but, like, he can cast spells at you and do a few things to, like, kind of harass you during the module. And his his stat block, uh, CR18, is in the module. And I knew going into it, especially with my one table, that they were going to want to fight this god. And sure enough, they did. And so I, I obliged them, and we spent, like, two hours in a knockdown drag out. This was a tier two table, which means that they were all level ten or below, fighting a god and his minions. And those minions were not uh, weaklings themselves. It was the bloodiest, most just... Who knows where this is going to go? Nothing is in the player's favor. They have to pull out all the stops. They have to figure out how to, um, what combination of their abilities is going to give them the upper hand. And even with all that, uh, it required some very poor dice rolls on my side, which I obliged <laughs> them with um, unwillingly, to let them have even a prayer at success. And I won't say uh, how that ended because I don't want. Uh, I don't want there to be expectations on how that should work uh, for anybody listening, but um, that knockdown drag out happened Saturday night at the end of a, of a crazy trilogy. And uh, my players, that was the one night that, yeah, we went like five and a half hours and my players were still happy to stay on the call for an extra 20 minutes and just <laughs> yell at the screen about how excited they were about that, uh, about that encounter. Oh so. That was definitely a hideout, uh, a highlight. <clears throat> That's awesome. Yeah, I know Zach rough. has been looking forward to his his first TPK for uh, a while. It, so. so it came so <laughs> close, so many times, and I'm like, you know, the the XP track is at least a place where that is something that I can manage, right? If you if I TPK your table, and you're playing uh, Moon Fifteen Two. In 20 minutes at another table, uh, you're going to have some issues that I can't help you with, right? <laughs> Sorry, I can't help you. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, your character's died. Hopefully you have another one lined up and ready to go for the next mod. Um, the this With the XP track, I was like, well, if I TPK them in certain instances, maybe I can figure out a way <laughs> to... Uh, <laughs> To to bring them back, uh, you had a couple of times where players you like a total health of like fourteen for fourteen. The party, I mean, right? it was so mm-hmm. close that the thing about roll twenty is that it is Oof. unforgiving. There's nothing that it hides. All the rolls are out in the open, and it it in my opinion it requires 
there is a skill set of knowing what all these averages are going to probably mean and then trusting your players to make up the difference and just pushing the envelope just enough to where they sweat. And that is, I'm not saying I'm stellar at it, but it's a skill that I'm developing is knowing how to push that envelope out there every encounter uh, that's that's meant to feel epic or intense and, and leave the players saying, I don't know that we're going to make it out. Uh, mm-hmm. That's 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 mm-hmm. my that's my lifelong goal as a DM is to, <laughs> to get it to where <laughs> I can just do that and it works. Uh, I would be super happy. So, yeah, I had so that's a, awesome. Like really quick, I had a similar instance where roll twenty was cruel. Not me. It, well, it wasn't oh, me. Yeah. Roll twenty was mean. I rolled two. Like I, I had a I had a creature that could make six attacks in one round on on its turn. Uh, all six landed, of which two of them crit in a row oh my gosh. <laughs> one, on one player, on one oh. player character. I felt so like I felt guilty about, but because I'm like, I, there's no control I have over this at all. I can't fudge it for you, <laughs> you know. And it's like, nope, you're just down. No one's anywhere near you. They're not going to be able to get near you. So I hope you enjoyed that two rounds of sitting there twiddling your thumbs and rolling death saves. It was uh, it was a bummer. <laughs> And humorous. I'm not gonna lie. A little bit, just just a little bit. A little, little guilty pleasure out of that. Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard that um, one of my players. So I had several players who were a lot more well versed in roll twenty than me. And I heard at one point you can set this this thing to whispers or something like that, yes. so you can roll, mm-hmm. yeah. and it will only yeah. tell you. I didn't know that. I would have totally mm-hmm. used it, but <laughs> so apparently. Oh that's no. Okay. Let, let him roll. Let him roll. Yay. Let him see. <laughs> Thomas, I, do you want to go or do, shall I? Yeah, I'm a cheating DM. Okay. And I'll I'll put it out in the open. I'm fine with it. I <laughs> roll behind the screen because I want people to feel, especially at a convention, I want people to feel like they're paying for a story, a dramatic story, right? Mm-hmm. So I often, unless players are just completely stupid. My goal is to bring you to the edge and find a way to get out of it. Like Zach was saying, right? If he wants to be able to scale up the encounters just enough that even if he has bad rolls, the players can still win or the players still feel stressed. Mm-hmm. I rolled terrible all weekend and my players <laughs> took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Like not in a bad way. Like I love my players. They were all really great, but I rolled terrible all weekend. And my players just ran all over the encounter. Not to mention they were six players who had been playing together for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so rough. all their characters made sense with each other. So we were playing, and um, Zach will know what I'm talking about, but the very our very first situation, um, we're going into a vehicle and taking over like somebody else's base. Mm-hmm. And my players um, have these flying items that let them fly to the roof. And then they dimension doored into the top. And then they systematically shut everything down from inside. Nice. And I'm just like, okay, they don't see you. <laughs> I'm not telling you no. Nice. And so, like, so that's so my negative <laughs> experience from the weekend was the fact that I don't like playing on Roll20 because they can see everything. I know I could I could do the behind the scenes roll thing. I don't know how to do that. I don't pay attention that much to roll twenty, but I roll right out in right out in the front. 
Um, my most positive was though, I got to get we did it. We uh, all of us sort of worked on a salvage mission for a while with John, Zach, and Troy wrote. And um, mm-hmm. at the very end, there's a big nasty that has a breath weapon. And I got to rail that thing down their throats three times. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm take the that. The, the whole point of the mission is there's like something you got to get down as a group because it's a special. And the shield was down for three rounds, and I'm like railgun, railgun. <laughs> <laughs> We're really seeing the spectrum of how of how people run their games uh, in in this podcast. I just, Every, I'd like that to go on the record. John's on the John's on the chaotic. Or John's on the lawful good. Like, oh, I felt so bad. I hit her with six shots. I'm like, oh yeah, I got him for seven times in a row. <laughs> well, I, I, I would argue that I'm more like lawful neutral. I'm like, I'm going to roll this exactly the way that I'm supposed to, but I'm going to feel really bad about it after the fact. I promise. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, follow so, the rules. Um, do the thing. It was it was a lot of fun. Their all their dice went cold at like the last minute. But I'm oh. also the guy. I'm also the person that let them get the last blow on the things. Right. So we're doing this special, and another table takes down what we're supposed to take down. And I left it up so the next time they hit hit this thing, they got to feel like they were the ones that brought it down. Mm-hmm. So that's my whole goal of this storytelling. Right. So I can. Yep. I can say so. My, so my players are like, and they ask me, "Are like, are we really the ones that ended it?" I'm like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> like so, um, the point of that, and they, is and they were to, because they read your table. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and so that's that's why I uh, that's where I got the excitement, right? Is because they were super into it at the end. Everybody's sweating it out at the end. One person's dead in the cart. Blah blah blah, and uh, and everybody is having a good time. And at the end, they're all crazy, um, jittery. <laughs> but that was mine. The biggest problem for me was just that that Gen Con Online just doesn't feel the same. So that's just my thing. Oh yeah, is that it feels oh, yeah. so good. It feels so good to go mm-hmm. hang out with you guys at the bar afterwards, and then see people that we played with, right? So mm-hmm. I've I've met people at the bar afterwards, and they're like, "Oh, that was so cool what you did." I was at your table, and I'm like, "You were at my table." And they're like, well, I was at the table next. To, I was at the table right next to it. But you seem like you're having so much fun. And I've, I actually have friends that I've never played with, but I met through that convention scene. And that's yep, really exactly. cool. And there's something really cool about that camaraderie afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. Well, um, I am, as we're talking about uh, uh, DM alignments, I am... More of a neutral good DM, uh, <laughs> and uh, solidarity. I a little bit rule of cooled it for for someone uh, because there. Let's see. At the end of sixteen two, there's an encounter where um, and there is a uh, an airborne creature with the significant bad on it. I say significant because they are not actually the big bad. They are the thing that is on the big bad. Um and and they're supposed to fight the big bad. Um I described the thing flying in and the bard says, "Hey, how high up is it?" 
And I'm like, oh, you know, like probably maybe, um, maybe like 200 feet. It's, it's definitely, you know, coming toward you guys though. It's like, it's like diving down. And I was, and I was about to say, you know, everybody go ahead and roll initiative. And the bard was like, um, I wanted to, I wanted to dimension door on top of it. I'm like, oh no. So <laughs> he, he dimensioned again, another dimension door. Um, he dimension doors up to the top of this airborne creature and just, uh, and con contested strength check just shoves the significant bad off of the creature. Oh. And, <laughs> and, and, um, that's definitely a bard dick move, right? Like, oh my gosh. It, it was so is, he, is, he, is he a tabaxi? Is he a tabaxi bard? Kind of like, <laughs> a fern on a windowsill? Yeah, yeah fern on a right? windowsill. Right. Um, yeah, so he shoves the guy, and I'm looking through, like, oh my gosh, this guy doesn't have any fly spell. <laughs> <laughs> prepared and i don't even know if he knows any um and there was one thing that he could have done but it wouldn't have altered the velocity at all so i was like oh okay and um i had the airborne creature try to save him but in the mod it was written so that um, i don't know if this is spoilers or not um in the mod it's written so that it's it's not a life or death thing for the airborne creature. I guess I could say it that mm -hmm. way. If the significant bad lives or not. So they tr it tried once, and then it was like, you know what? Too bad. And just like, <laughs> flew off. And and this, so they skipped <laughs> the entire last fight, because the bard shoved someone off of a thing. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. It was, it was so funny. It was so funny. And that he was carrying a, a magic item, too. And he he tried to throw it while he was falling for his one turn while he was still in range, and um, missed. And the bard was like, "I want to try to catch it." And I was like, "You know what? Go ahead and roll me an acrobatic check." And he caught it. That's awesome. <laughs> so, nice. So yes. it was it was it was pretty great. Everybody That's, was really jazzed. You know, and and your players are going to remember the that time the bard shoved the big bad off the thing. Yep. Yep. Way longer than they're going to remember the well. We had a f another big bad fight that ended at you know, 14 HP or whatever, like, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it may have been <laughs> lackluster in the moment as far as like, as far as an encounter or combat goes, but I guarantee you it will withstand historical significance much, much longer. Oh yeah. yeah. John, <laughs> I, I got something for you. I think you'd be proud of me. Oh, hit me. I, I got, uh, two players at the same table, uh, to cringe multiple times uh through my description of uh what happens when they fail the saving throw <laughs> and i just i just described it like you you have a tingling in the back of your in the back of your head and it's almost like someone takes their fingers and just reaches into your spine and just pinches your spinal cord and and they're just and you see them both because they both had their cameras on and they're, and they're like <laughs> they was all getting all twisted up. And, oh. Mm -hmm. oh, there's, no, was, there's nothing was, better than making a player lock it up whenever they hear it, something it was, like it that. Was good. Yeah. And then I, the, this is the man that had the best scores at the con too, so he must have done something right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Nah, I that's have right. Yeah. Other people had the other people had better than me. 
That's the oh, XP whatever. vest. That doesn't count. Oh, whatever, thanks. whatever. I, I did get uh, what I, I consider a huge compliment uh, from uh, a, a player. And as I read the conclusion of the module that I was running for them, uh, they they were they were they kept leaning closer and closer to the the camera on their computer, and when I got done, they leaned back and they just went, "Oh, that gave me chills." Aww. And it was oh, like, "That's, that's awesome." So cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's, good. that's awesome. That's it was so cool. Yeah. I'll uh I'll shift our our not not we're still in highlight mode, but I'll highlight shift mode. it away from from chilling. Uh, we were talking last night about something that I, and I'll, I'll draw a story from that. From our discussions all of last night, it came to my awareness that something that the players really get a huge kick out of is the preparatory phase of any adventure. Mm -hmm. If they are going to defend a town, if they are going <laughs> to uh, raid a, an enclave or go rescue uh, a captive or whatever, like... Or they're going to perform a ritual or X, Y, Z, right? It's that moment of setting the stage and the players pulling out skills and abilities and doing checks and pulling things out of their uh, bag of holding that they haven't used in, in 16 sessions. It's all of that. What we found, uh, the group of us that were talking last night, is that almost to a T, the Favorite moments of the players this weekend were those moments. Not the combats, not the funny NPCs or the whatever. It was that moment where they got to like work as a team to prepare for the thing. And um, that was really, I, I don't know, like that was a big thing for me. I'm like, oh, we need to start thinking about that more. Writing adventures and giving players that agency, if that's something they enjoy, to go further. So having said that. I'll, I'll bring, I'll give you guys an example, um, in the Eberron mod. And again, this may seem like spoilers, but I promise no other table is going to have this experience. Um, there is a military leader, a general who comes in, in the middle of, uh, an incident and the party has to basically, introduce themselves and convince him that they are worth being paid <laughs> and uh i had a great moment where my my party who you know the town's calling them heroes the military forces that have been there for a while are calling them the heroes and then the general comes and he's like who are these heroes that we're paying why can't this just be ran by the military <laughs> And so he goes and he's like, all right, heroes, tell me what your training is. Can, you know, give me a rundown of why you're better than my men. And I had a party that's like, uh, for their introductions, the one was, the first guy is like, oh, well, um, I'm a professor at Moorgrave University and I'm out here studying the whatever. And they're like, he's like, oh, okay, we've got a teacher. That's awesome. That's hero number one as a teacher. And then the next guy's like, well, I'm a scientist that's here, you know, researching the Mornland. So we have a teacher, a scientist. Then the, the monk comes up and he's like, well, I'm a philosopher that's here studying yeah, whatever, right? <laughs> so we had a teacher, a philosopher, a scientist. Mm -hmm. And then the last guy was so certain that he was going to, uh, like, 
win over the general with his. He's like, General, I used to serve in your military. I fought with you during the last war, yada, yada, yada. And um, and uh, the general's like, oh, so uh, uh, so now you're a retiree. War got too much for you. And so you decided to uh, uh, drop down to the life of a salvage crew. And that chapped my players what what, what do you say troy what, what's your saying that really Thomas? chapped my ass yeah it chapped, <laughs> it chapped my players asses <laughs> to no extent the general just got them inadvertently to say all the wrong things and then he's like you know what if you're the heroes you i'm gonna assign you with the task of making this town defensible um and he's gonna go do something else and my players are like awesome you know we're gonna show him that we know what we're doing and they spent so long like 45 minutes laid out this like beautiful plan this is what we're gonna do yeah two hours tom is saying on his end they're like two hours yes my players built defenses for yes the city. it's like so long and they love Three that of part them ended yeah. up in jail Exactly. <laughs> they love to lay out all these little things and they felt so proud about it and they did an excellent job. And then the general walks through and they've built trenches and he's like, look, I see you've built a fine trench, but you built it not taking advantage of the full gradient here. And if you would move it three feet forward, you would have the full benefit. <laughs> so if you could just dig your move, fill this trench in and move it three feet forward that would be great and then they they train people they train like the militia and he has problems with how they train them um the one uh group one of my players um put an infirmary set up infirmaries stations medic stations all throughout the town and he's like look i i'm not opposed to having an infirmary but i'm opposed to having so many accessible infirmaries um, would it not be better to have one central one um, instead? And my players just looked at me like, how? Why? And he's like, well, if it's easy to get to, then the troops will go there for the slightest inconvenience. The, the, the scrapes and the stubbed toes will be sent to the infirmary. But if it's, if it's a ways back and if perhaps if it's under lock and key and only the commanding officers can grant access to it, then only those who really need it <laughs> will make their way there. And the rest can stay on the front lines and fight. And it just irked them to no end that oh. the oh, general man. like tore out their 45 minutes or an hour and a half worth of prep just with the worst stuff and they couldn't do anything they had no power anyhow uh <laughs> so that was my uh that was my second story i guess my second highlight was playing this general and trying to find the stupid chinks in my players well thought out <laughs> manicured like uh 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 flawless plans and uh my players poisoned him yeah. I mean, that sounds fair. <laughs> they got that so mad they fair. poisoned him. Yeah. I will say, though, that that level of nitpickedness yeah. is indicative of uh, officers in the military, for sure. Especially right. if you're like in basic training and stuff like that, where I remember having to iron my underwear and my t-shirts, and I'd have to fold them in such a way to where everything was like a deck of cards and have to use t- tweezers to pluck things out. Oh, yeah. That's the, that's oh the kind of... That's the kind of uh, shenanigans that go on there. It's yeah. all it's all about it's all about breaking down. It's like nothing you can do is good enough. Nothing. Yeah. 
Uh, no matter Gross. how magnificent. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. yes. Gross. Oh, anyhow, that, that, uh, <laughs> I got to run through two parties. Clean underwear, general. Catherine. Yeah. I swear, they were yeah. clean. <laughs> 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 Catherine's like, gross. Mm, nope, nope. Yes. Oh no, my God. I, I, don't, I don't have, I don't have like a, a, like a bunch of full stories, but I've got like highlight, I have like a highlight reel of like oh, yeah. things like uh, my, my players um, in one, in one of the adventures, they essentially get whacked out uh, like, and they start, seeing things right that the other players don't so there's like this duality of what one set of players sees versus the others then you have to kind of like show the parallels between the two well one of them ended up um did you uh, make two separate maps and like run no i swear i didn't no no Uh no none of us believe you damn man i should have god (laughs) where were you last week man i could have i could have gotten you no no, um it's out like a powerpoint transition (laughs) no i did have i did have one player that was like you know what would be really cool is if you know you can make weapons swing at them and Dude, like and I'm like that's mm, I think that's game. called a video game, buddy. Yep. <laughs> One of my favorite players too is like I'm like that's not how this works. We'll get there. Well, like we will get there as a people. I promise. But today is not the day. I'm sorry. Tokens <laughs> and flat maps. That's what you get. And the occasional API doodad that'll explode. But what ended up happening though is they ended up whack, like hallucinating, and one of the characters leapt from tree limb to tree limb and then on top of the treetops kind of under the effects of this this thing and then uh uh saw like a herd of giant elk running beneath the tree line and it goes oh and jumps onto the elk and rides up into the stars with it like uh and like uh, had this <laughs> had this like falcor moment in the in the uh, that lasted like 10 minutes long of, of us describing it back and forth how this went and how like the ecstasy oh of the wind going through their air and they're going woohoo and he would like him, uh, dive bombing all of his. Oh, it was it was fantastic. I had a lot of fun with that one. And then we had uh, another player of mine, Rodolfo, who he had a flying monkey named Coney, and um, Coney would uh, hurl coconuts at uh, enemies. Which what all what it really was <laughs> was uh, magic stones. And so uh, oh, nice. the the monkey would throw coconuts at them, and uh, they ended up uh, his uh, his character was Rasta. And so uh, at the end of the – I think it was like the beginning of the last session, they they came up with a team name, and it was uh, the Chalton Bobsled team. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Come on. It's bobsled time. It was, like, that was, it was so good. Time. Yeah, it was so good. I had I had a, I had a, a, a druid that uh, shape shifted into um, – into an earth elemental and carved out a relief of like, like an entire, um, uh, like, of like a, a, a nook for a village to stay in in order to keep them protected, like from a, a storm that was coming. I had, um, I had one wizard that was just like the fireball champion, like any, any time, like that was the solution for every single problem. Actually I had two, I take that back. I had two that were like, and it was crazy because both of them were on different tracks and they, um, uh, but that was their solution, and it was like, and they every once in a while in roll twenty chat they would say fireball now, fireball now, like <laughs> getting approval from is like is it is it now? How about now from the from the rest of the from the rest of the team, which was cool. I had really good. I just had really good creative players the whole time. It was it was cool to watch them go, and they kind of you know I kind of led them towards a story, and then they they filled in all the gaps and made it work. It was pretty cool. Hmm. Awesome. That's cool. I had uh, I had a two friends playing 
uh, gnome twins, one named Gutnorm and one named Gnorman. Oh dear. And yeah, and, but they were fraternal, so you could tell them apart. <laughs> and then in a slot later, I had two actual twins playing. So it cool. was like, and they actually had their cameras up, and so it was like nobody wanted to ask. Everybody was like, "These guys look really." I don't like. That's kind of weird that they. One of the other players was like, "I hate to be rude, but are you two related?" <laughs> oh, thank goodness! We were we were really starting to wonder. Yes, but they were not gnomes. That's awesome. Nice. <laughs> I have decided that pretty much everything I play from now on is going to be a gnome. <laughs> gnomes are fun. Nice. It's who I am now. You know what? It's it's uh it's really it's really good that you embrace your species the way that I have mine. Good job, Thomas. You're the gnome. I am. Cuz I feel I feel like chaos is involved in the gnome culture and that's just my entire life. That makes sense. So now we've Anyway, so <laughs> I think the I have a lot of little moments and I have a lot of um like you were saying, a lot of my players were really creative. Um, but to keep things short, I had a uh, an elven wizard who insisted, like a, a, a mature elven wizard who insisted that he was a, an old human man. And he, like, he wove, like, he, he gave himself, like, a, a beard like he wove a beard out of gray material and um, played up his joints hurting and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> it was it was quite entertaining. And um, he had a familiar that or that was a um, a squirrel, but he wore a little dragon suit and the squirrel like he flavored it so that the squirrel <laughs> cast all the spells. Uh, <laughs> that was quite fun. Like when he wanted him to go scout, he would be like, okay, okay, fly buddy. And he would pick the squirrel in a dragon suit up and just like chuck him. <laughs> and he would quote unquote fly. I hate to tell you, but <laughs> so. your player was taking acid before he started that game. <laughs> well, the it's rest of us had a better time style. for this, <laughs> Right? Um, so there was that, and there was um, um, the other one was a little bit meta. Um, my other highlight that I'll focus on um, there. So for people who don't know, there are these things called reroll tickets, and they um, you can oh, I forget which charity is. Is it is it Jasper's? Ja Jasper's game day. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Jasper's game day. Um, you can donate a certain amount to them and get a ticket. And there's really, as far as I know, there's not really a cap on how many that you can buy because you're donating to charity to get them. Right. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. and, uh, I know that's a bit of a discussion, so that might change or it might not, but, um, every ticket that you purchase can be used to re-roll a roll that you would like to change that your character makes. So, um, <laughs> so at one point, 
we had, there was a, again, trying to stay away from spoilers, there was a very important uh, cloak, um, and it had feathers on it. And this guy was enjoying roleplay type stuff, and he wasn't really getting uh, highlighted as much as a couple of the other players, or, um, and, or he was really vibing with the NPC, you know, stuff like that. So, um... After the others had been highlighted for a little while, what I did was I decided that instead of just, like, decide who carries the cloak, it was, like, the NPC hands the cloak to this particular uh, PC, and the NPC says, not a feather on this cloak can come off before the event. Like, not not one feather. And so, of course, he, like, super paranoid packed it very carefully and checked on it and things. And then when he pulled it out, he was like, okay, here I go. I'm going to, the event's happening. I'm going to pull out the cloak. And he rolls a sleight of hand check to pull it out without tugging on a single feather. And he fails it miserably. And he was like, oh no, uh, guys, I think I'm about to donate to our favorite charity. And he ended up rolling, re-rolling like five or six times <laughs> before he got a good enough roll and and I was like, oh no, um, I hope you haven't like already donated because I like I have to tell you that this was just my thing. Like you didn't you didn't have to worry so much about it. And he was like, well, it's charity. It's fine. I already donated, but it's mm -hmm. okay. Like, and I was like, oh no, I made this guy spend money <laughs> on a detail that I gave him. <laughs> but like it was it was also just a fun little little side moment that's instead awesome instead of copying to it you should have driven it home even more <laughs> do the opposite because they're gonna remember <laughs> that if he's willing if he is so tied into the story that he's willing to give his personal money to make it work and mm -hmm. again there's nothing saying that he has to do that right mm -hmm. like there's nothing that we push out there that says hey you ha you should be doing this or this is something we expect if he's willing to give his money, who's already willing to give his money there, so it didn't matter. What I would have done is like, that's right, you cannot ruin that cloak. You gotta you gotta drive <laughs> it home. <laughs> uh does anybody else have anything? We're uh we're super far on time, and I'll give you everybody listening a little insider thing here. If we go too late as an episode, the reason that we don't have two and a half hour episodes here on the Bite Size Gaming Podcast is because we have to reduce the audio quality if we go too late, and we don't want to do that. So uh, we could be here for uh, easy another hour chatting, but does anybody have anything that they want to throw out before we uh, wrap this up? I just wanted like, a really quick shout out. Hey, I'm, I'm not going to say names, but the the players that I had at my table, Aramis, Caladron, Zandu, Marsana... Darius, Aubeck, Good Vicar, Akinar, Bamboos, Santa Medico, and Rodolfo. Thanks for a great weekend. And thanks for all the DMs John. that were out there that busted their humps that uh, that did a great great job of their team. Scores are already in, man. Look, man. <laughs> I liked my players. I'm sorry that like I don't hate my players and want to kill them, man. No. I, like, 
every other person here now has to say every uh, one of their players' names. Yep, go. Where we I'm all ready. look like assholes. No, no, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, good job, guys. I'd have to go Fine, pull them fix up. it in post, then Zach. No. Fine. Yeah. Or I you know what? You can just make that the cold <laughs> open. How about that? Just tear my heart out. Then yeah. here's how you fix it in post. Just delete what John said. Yeah, that's what yes. You should yeah. like everything. If you can go back and just like cut everything out of me in it, that would probably make, this would make this so much better. You were saying that it can't go long anyway. Yeah. So. If you would, if you would like me to, I'll just say, "Oh, my players were the worst," and I'll, my name is Jonathan Christian, and my players were the worst, and that's how we. Can <laughs> that's what you do. That was a really good impersonation, actually. Did you hear that? No, oh my god, yeah, my spot on. Nice, nice. If I clip it, nobody will even know that Thomas is here, and we'll just have a Tom's contribution. Oh. That's it. <laughs> that's it. He's he's a uh, he's a uh, he's a dwarf ganger. Way to go, Thomas! A dwarf, a dwarf ganger. That's like a true gnome. That's not something you penicillin for. The problem. <laughs> dwarf ganger penicillin. That's awesome. There's our uh, there's our open. Yeah, it is. That's, 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 a t- that's, a, that's our next T-shirt right there. I'm a dwarf ganger. So yep. we've got uh, a couple things coming up that uh, I think we like to address at the very end here. Where what our next cons are going to be. Um, I think that there might be an opportunity in September for you to play with some of us, but there's mums the word on that for a little bit longer. So who knows what that will be. And then in October, <laughs> uh, I think some of us are running at Gamehole Con, but they haven't released the schedule and everything, so there's no details there. So there will probably be at least two more times to... Uh, Play some games with us if you want. Do you know to. how to sign up for the game? Okada? have we mm-hmm. already done that? Is that gone? I'll work it. I'll walk you through it after this. Yeah, yeah. It's really easy is this it? year. Um, is it really? <laughs> yep. As opposed to years past, yep. it's really easy. It's super easy now. I walked huh. uh, our DM Dave uh, through it actually this morning. So I can. I'm sure. If I'm sure they're like anybody. Come on, we've <laughs> got all these great things for you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, uh, game Okada is great. You should come play. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, so I think we got to call it good there because we are we are pushing the limit on what we can do That's here. Fair. That's uh, fair. So thank you, Catherine. Thank you, John. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, Tom, for hanging out uh, for another hour and a half this evening. Hey, uh, whatever. Go. Jeez, uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> Go like us on Facebook. Go uh, yell at John on Facebook. Uh, tell Please. Us, yes. There's a there's an email address that if you ran at one of John's tables this weekend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's an email address that is real and that uh, we will get called mydmsucks at gmail.com. <laughs> we would love to hear oh if you are God, one of I John's so people. That. Yeah, this is a good yes. time to, we to wanna, get a yeah, complaint. We want to see... Yeah. Yep. Those complaints coming in, please. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I deserve Whether they're listen, true or not. Yeah. If you could, you know now, uh, we're, we're going to keep all of the list of John's players' names in this mm-hmm. podcast now. Email in, even if you weren't one of those players, and say, I was this player. Mm-hmm. And give him, <laughs> tell him how you really feel. Just, and, just pick hey, one we'll of them. Even if you didn't play at my table, just pick yeah. one of the names. No. And then just tell I, him we will, we will read the best. We will read the best. Uh, We'll read the the top three. You know what? I won't. Even, I'll yes. read every single one of them. If you send them in and you're shitting on John, I will read every single one of them. So. Yeah. I will. I'm gonna go take those names and just blindly reach out to them on Discord. 
and see if I can get these things to happen. Yeah. I, I hate waiting. Sure I have to make sure that no All one right. is in my Discord channel anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> deleting Troy right now. Yeah. Nope. I am. I am taking your ass out of the thing. <laughs> uh, with that, guys, again, check us out on Facebook, check us out on Instagram, and we'll see you next week. See, see you, everybody. Bye. Bye. See you, everybody. Have good games. Bye.